Hello. Hello. You, D Danny, is that your name? I'm 250 years old. Oh, my. I would love to hear a joke from my youth. Oh, dear. Or perhaps from the, from the days of my father. <laughs> Could you tell me such a joke, please? I would love to hear one one more time to, to appease my old soul. Do you happen to have a book, perhaps, of jokes written in the 1700s with copious additions into the 1800s? My, wouldn't that be a treasure? A treasure trove, the likes of which the world has never seen. Well, what what have what say you? Do you have such a book? Um, yeah, it's and no. Uh, do you know what a screen is? A screen, such as one would put in front of a fire to avoid the ashes landing on the seat of your pants. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You can't be using such vulgar language as that. I'm two hundred and fifty years old. I'll use whatever language I want. Okay, hey, we're doing Joe Miller's jests again. Hey, everybody, it's Joe Miller's jests. We're gonna do a bunch of jokes from a book. That was made many years ago. These are old jokes. This is the third episode we've done of Joe Miller's Jests. Is it Jests. really? We've done two episodes oh, previously of Joe Miller's Jests. I'm uh, worried that we'll just be repeating ourselves then. I have no idea which ones we've already done. Well, hopefully we don't have any repeats. But we won't know because some of these jokes are repeats, aren't they? Basically, here's the thing, everybody. We have a collection of 1,286 jokes from a book ranging from the 1700s into the mid-1800s. So it was originally written in like 1760 or something, and then they were they kept adding to it. And this is the 1865 edition with a bunch of additional jokes from like 100 years of adding jokes to the classic. The reason we found this book, for people who are unaware, who aren't caught up to date on the Joe Miller's Jests uh, page, is we, referred, we were reading something, a short story by Dickens, and he referred to someone as a Joe Miller type. And we thought, oh, what a funny reference. And then we found out that Joe Miller is a incredibly well-known classic humorist sort of thing because of this book, Joe Miller's Jest. It was like the proto-joke book in, in the English language. It was, yeah, so we found it, we did some jokes, and they are ridiculous. To, for the example, one you've definitely heard before, the very first joke in this book of, of, of jokes is the Duke of Athol, who says more good things than anybody, being behind the scenes the first night of the Beggar's Opera and meeting Sibber there. Well, Collie, said he, how do you like the Beggar's Opera? Why, it makes one laugh, my lord, answered he on the stage, but how will it do in print? Oh, very well, I'll answer for it, said the duke, if you don't write a preface to it. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that we have to figure out how it is a joke. So you can see why this is still a puzzle game. And this is still a show about puzzles. So You've got a random I number have, generator? I have a random number generator. Previously Where? we've done them by ourselves, okay. uh, and then other times we've done them... With guest recommendations, not guest recommendations, audience recommendations. Yeah, you just got our Discord to name random numbers. Yeah, pretty much. I use Discord as a random number generator. Mm. But I'm going to hit generate, yep. get a random number between 1 and 1286. It is 227. Right, control F, 227. <clears throat> Shall I read this one? Please. A gentleman threatening to go to law was dissuaded from it by his friends who desired him to consider for the law was chargeable. I don't care, replied the other. I will not consider. I will go to law. Right, said his friend, for if you go to law, I am sure you don't consider. Uh, oh no, what have we done? Now, just to clarify, when it says go to law, does that mean become a lawyer? Or I think does it, it mean go to a lawyer? I think it means I'm threatening to sue. Yeah, that's what I am trying to figure out. It's... It, because it says, because, okay, sorry, let's figure this out. A gentleman threatening to go to law was dissuaded from it by his friend. Sure. So he's like, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to sick my I'm lawyers on I'm going to him. do this thing. I'm going to well, go to law. Maybe. I, this is what yeah, I'm assuming. I'm trying to keep it neutral. I am going to do this okay. thing. I'm going to go to law. And the friend said, no, no, you should consider. For the law was chargeable. The law was chargeable. Expensive? Maybe, like, like... It's it's like oh don't do that because like that'll like that becomes like a whole thing like that becomes why is the law chargeable? I'll see if I can find like what is I'm not going crazy but what does chargeable mean right now? Let's find an archaic definition yep. of chargeable. Subject to tax 
or subject to law by formal accusation or illegal. I think that's it. I think it's that's that's very like, this normal. will turn it into a legal matter. Like you don't want to turn this. Just consider. Of course it is. Because you oh, make it a full legal matter. I don't think matter. you need to tell people that the law is a legal matter. And then maybe consider here. Does that have an old legal definition? What is because like archaic, financially burdensome, chargeable, chargeable, okay, expensive. Okay. So they're saying, hey, consider because the law's expensive. Yes, and he says, I don't Which, care. Sadly, doesn't help. Does that mean going to get a lawyer, or does it mean going to law school? <laughs> doesn't help. He says, I don't care. I will not consider. I'll go to law. And he said, well, right, because if you go to law, I'm sure you don't consider. Great, I get the joke. I just still, I want to know, is he going like? Is he the lawyer or is he getting a lawyer? Let's, let's, uh, uh, Are you searching phrase, go to law? Go to law. If you go to law, you go to court in order to get a legal judgment on a dispute. Okay. He went to law and did not... Sec- so, so he's trying to sue someone. I'm concerned by the fact that that didn't look like it was searching for archaic meanings. That's just a thing that people it's still say and we that people don't know say. it. Okay. Great. So he wanted a lawyer. His friend said, a lawyer is expensive. And he said, I'm not going to think twice about it. And they said, well, yeah, clearly you don't think twice. Ha, 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 ha. I want like a, if there's an old legal definition of consider. Oh, oh no, not at all. It'll just be like reconsider. I, I think just, that's true. That's, surely. Yeah. Oh, no, consideration is a... Pr- uh... Well, I mean, yeah, consideration is a thing, but I don't... I mean, maybe they're talking I'm about it. But... I feel like for it to be a joke, it's got to be like a double entendre. Like yeah. they're saying, don't go to law, you should consider instead. I guess. And he says, well, I'm not going to consider, I'm going to go to law. And they say, well, yeah, if you go to law, you're definitely not considering things. Ha 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 ha. I suppose it could be I think be it's using a double pun on consideration as a legal thing. Yeah, that's fair. That's believable. And it seems like perhaps it is. Yeah, it's believable. I'm, I'm not, not against. Sure. I'm not against that. All right, this it's, was not a good start. I it's would okay. say. Well, it's okay. We it's understood. Okay. We got a little bit, more or less. But some of them are actually funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Joe Miller's. All right, Danny. This will be yours. Yep. You're going to read number seven hundred and sixty-three. A gentleman crossing a very narrow bridge which was not railed on either side to secure passengers from falling, <laughs> said to a countryman whom he met, Methinks this narrow causeway must be very dangerous, honest friend. Pray, are not people lost here sometimes? Lost? No, sir, replied the man. I never knew anybody lost here in my life. There have been several drowned, but they were always found again. That, now, see, that's it's a joke. Bad joke. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a, a bad joke. dad joke. I get it. We get it. Don't have to look up anything. Has anyone that. been lost on this bridge? No, we always find the bodies. Ha 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 ha. That's a bit. I've heard that bit in my lifetime yep, already. Exactly. I. That's a classic joke. <laughs> it's about uh, the, the classic word lost. drowning bridge joke. Well, the bridge is extraneous, but the lost. That's a good. Yeah. That's a. All right. This was an easy one. That's a. What it, I think that you know that joke was done in. Arrested Development is one of the classic ones you see because the doctor always says the wrong things. Uh, so he, like, I, I when, when one character loses his, his left hand, yeah. he comes in and says, Which well, you, you clearly know, indicated to your right hand. I got it wrong. But he said, when he lost his left hand, he, the doctor comes out and says, he's all right. Oh, wow, you're taking this news very, very well. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying he lost his left hand. He'll be all right now. That's very right? spichemin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he does one as well where he's just like, we've lost them. I just don't know where he I is mean, anymore. He's perfectly healthy. We let him out. You know. It's exactly the same as, like, I'm, I miss my ex-wife, but my aim is getting better. <laughs> like, what's the difference? It's just all of these, yeah. let's use a euphemism, and then let's not use the euphemism. Well, you know, it's a classic. Very standard formula. I know. I love it. All right. We don't need one. to overanalyze this. 1,156. It keeps going up. It does. I am doubting the randomness of this. <clears throat> I like that we're getting short ones, though. Here we go. An upholder was chiding his apprentice because he was not notable enough at his work and had not his nails and hammer in readiness when he should use them, telling him when he was an apprentice, he was taught to have his nails at his fingers' ends. <laughs> That's I a second like fingers' ends joke. We've seen fingers' ends we've before. We've seen a fingers' end joke before, but this is a different joke. Class, That's a fun little pun. He says, you don't have your nails ready. When I was an apprentice, I always had my nails at my fingers' ends, mm-hmm. being like within reach, but also literally on his fingers' ends. Classic. We're getting a bunch of joke jokes. 
Everyone can make sense of these. Yeah, this is fine. This is almost disappointing in how little we have to look up to understand them. I do like, I was a bit worried when I got to an, uphold, an upholder was chiding his apprentice. Isn't, I thought, what oh, do you no. think an upholder is? Well, because clearly, I look at the word and I immediately want to turn it into an upholsterer in my head, but it seems like it's just some general maintenance oh, man. Maybe well, no, an upholsterer wouldn't be dealing with nails and hammers that much. It must just be generally some sort of fixie carpenter. Upholder. Someone who upholds or maintains. Really? Maintainer, sustainer. Yeah, I guess it's just a general fixer So if you keep reading those, I think you've gone into um, uh, Space Cowboy. <laughs> I'm a maintainer. I'm a sustainer. I'm a type <laughs> of admirer. That's it. All right. It just keeps going. All right, pretty chill. Pretty chill for an upholder. We learned the term upholder. That's fine. Well, I mean, did we? All we learned is one who upholds. That wasn't very helpful. Stop going up. There we go. 873. Okay. Oh, no. I feel oh, no. like we could this be making one, fun of the Irish. This has gone Irish. We're in the Irish section, everybody. The father of the celebrated Sheridan, I don't know if that's a real person or not, we'll find out, was one day discanting? Discanting. D-E-S-C-A-N-T-I-N-G. Discanting. Okay. Let's find out. The father of the celebrated Sheridan was one day discanting on the pedigree of his family, regretting that they were no longer styled the O'Sheridans as they were formerly. Indeed, father, replied Sheridan. Sorry. Indeed, father, replied Sheridan, then a boy. We have more right to the O than anyone else, for we owe everybody. <laughs> They're so poor. Okay. Um, is it just a generic poor people jokes or are the Sheridans famous? Ooh, I'm assuming it's just a generic poor person joke. But let's find out if the Sheridans... You've just typed the word Sheridan's. Family you need more. Famous. Ah, <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's gonna work. I don't know. Seventeen hundreds Sher O Sheridan. Sher okay. Seventeen hundreds O Sheridan. What did you type? You're right. Early notables of the O Sheridan family. Richard Brinsley Sheridan. Exciting. Was a playwright. Oh, and this hey. guy was an actor. He loved to talk about plays. He did. And playwrights. Oh, he's in Poets Corner. Okay, so maybe, we, maybe we're meant to recognize the Sheridans. Wait. Control F. Debt. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. His creditors closed in on him. His last years, he was harassed by debt and okay. disappointment. Maybe this is specific reference. Wow. To this the, poor playwright, to the playwright died destitute. Richard Brinsley Sheridan. You're making fun of him for it. On hearing of his debts, the American Congress offered Sheridan £20,000 in recognition of his efforts to prevent the American War of Independence. Uh, what? <laughs> he refused the offer. So he wait, tried to. Wait, what? Hold on. How did he try and stop the American... Why were Americans giving him money after he tried to stop the American War of Independence? What the hell? Hold on. This is bizarre. So yeah, he died in poverty, but dukes, earls, lords, viscounts, and the Lord Mayor of London and other notables attended his funeral. Hold on, control F. Uh, in the... Is there any other reference? This is the only reference, and this is not even cited. It's an unsighted reference on Wikipedia to the fact that he was trying to prevent the American War of Independence. This is odd. That's so strange. Well, there you go. Richard Brinsley Sheridan could be a real character that's being referenced here. Why would that happen? <laughs> why? Like, I can understand why he is an English or Irish politician would try to have a say in whether America went independent or not. But why some years later, when he was poor again... Would some Americans try to send him a lot of money because of his efforts? Were some Americans really mad about it? And they didn't want to be independent? I suppose that's faintly plausible. I don't, I don't understand. Also, you need to look up oh, discanting. did he try and prevent it by giving making them it not like making war. it good for them? That's possible. He was like, just let them be independent. I'll look up his political career. This is so funny. Hmm. Yes, he was. Uh, he was an ally of someone on the side of American colonials. So yeah, it sounds plausible. This is so strange. 
but after that, it just sort of skips to the 1790s. Weird. All right. Well, okay. Maybe he was pro-America, but anti-war. That's a fair. That's a fair thing to be. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay, and descant, which descant. just seemed to be like bemoan. To talk tediously or at length. Okay. Fair enough. What there a good word. Are. And is that how it's pronounced? Is it just descant? Descant. Okay. Or discant. Well. But descant. Okay. Okay, Danny. Um, Your turn? My turn. Okay. This is number 224. Mm-hmm. A certain lord who had a termagant wife and at the same time a chaplain who was a tolerable poet, my lord desired him to write him a copy of verses on a shrew. <laughs> I cannot imagine, said the parson, why your lordship should want a copy who have so good an original. <laughs> cool, another a- I hate my wife. I was so sure the joke was going to be, sure, I could write you a poem, but what should it be about and how do I catch the shrew? <laughs> That's what I thought the joke was going to be. I would like you to write me a copy of verses on a shrew. They thought, oh, sure, which verses? Where's the shrew? Yeah. That's what I, you know, I thought there was going to be a joke about the shrew being on the shrew. I was really worried uh, yesterday while watching Mastermind. because there was a question about a John Keats poem. Yeah. About a bird. Sure. Which is? John Keats' bird. Ode. Ode to a nightingale. Now that one is two, isn't it? But Grecian oh, Urn. Ode on a Grecian Urn. I was really worried while watching Mastermind. I didn't know how strict they were going to be about that. Because this is obviously like versus on a shrew, much You're like right. Ode, Ode on, a on a Grecian Urn. But I'm pretty sure that it is Ode to a Nightingale. Maybe it's not. Maybe we just do that sometimes because it's more normal. Uh, Keats. It is Ode to a Nightingale. What's the difference? O- Ode to versus Ode on. All right. I'm going to Google Ode to versus Ode on. It'll work. In English poetry, if an ode is written as if speaking to the subject, Ooh. then it would be an ode to. Oh, if an ode is fair. written about the subject, then it would be an ode on. So he's not talking perhaps to I, the urn. Perhaps I could have known that had I actually read either ode of the poems. On a Grecian urn. So that's just about Grecian urns, but ode but to But he's uniting. talking to the Grecian urn. I see. Get out of here. <laughs> okay. Thou still unravished bride of quietness. He's talking to it. Intriguing. That's, this should be an ode too. Hmm. Mm, I don't like that. Hmm. I think you're breaking the conventions here. And I hate when people break conventions. Turns out Keats is a bad writer. Keats is the worst hmm. poet in the world. He doesn't even know how to talk to things. <laughs> Do you think, here's another question I have for mm-hmm. you, based on this, based on this one. Yep. So this is just another, I hate my wife. Yep. Great. Or rather, this is somebody else hates my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I have a famously hateable wife, yep. is the joke here. <laughs> Referred to as a shrew. Now, we know that referring to a termagant wife as a shrew is at least as old as Shakespeare. Did you know that termagant is a Warhammer 40k thing? Oh, really? What does it mean? Well, it's that. Oh, that's a, okay, that's a termagant. That's a T-Rex transformer? Yep, that's a... With a gun? What are they called in, what are they, what are they called in Warhammer? <laughs> termagants, no, apparently. The, no, but he's a type of, um, what are the alien things in Warhammer? Oh, no, they're not the Zerg. A hive? No, 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 no. War, Warhammer 40k alien race. Oh, wow. Termagant or Termagant? Tyranids. They're Tyranids. Was a name given to a god which European Christians believed Muslims worshipped. Oh, that's weird. That's curious. Did they think that they worshipped a dinosaur with a gun? Because that's a wild thing to have happened. So what I was going to say is, obviously the Taming of the Shrew also refers to... Shrew. Sure. How old is referring How old to a shrew? is calling a woman a shrew? Yeah. Interesting. How do we find that out? Shrew woman origin? Sure. I did the shrew predate Shakespeare. Shrew <laughs> woman origin. From the Middle English period. Okay. Going pretty far back. Was, was used to designate a malignant or vexatious person. And from this developed a particular sense of a bad-tempered or aggressively assertive woman. Mm-hmm. I wonder when. Fair enough. This is from the Oxford reference. Um. <laughs> the yeah, or- okay, whatever. The origin of the name termagant is unknown and does not seem to derive from any actual aspect of Muslim belief or practice, <laughs> however wildly distorted. Yeah, they just made this nonsense up. 
All right. Danny, would you like to read number 810? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're back to the Irish section. Why do I keep getting the Irish ones? An Irish soldier who came over with General Moore, being asked if he met with much hospitality in Holland. Oh, yes, replied he. Too much. I was in the hospital almost all the time I was there. (laughs) Hospital has hospital in it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I I don't think that... That's not funny. General Moore... Was a British army officer. Yeah, and I know that there was an Anglo-Dutch war in the 1600s. Yeah, I guess they just. Thought... I don't know if there was another one after the 1600s. Well, there you go. Uh, and I don't know why. Did the Irish soldiers in the 1700s have a reputation of getting injured a lot? Well, John Moore. This is clearly an 1800s joke. Yeah. He died in 1809. Was born in 1761. Oh, okay. Irish soldier stereotypes. He had part of the Anglo-Russian invasion of Holland. The Anglo-Russian invasion of Holland... Russian, I don't know this one. ...was a military campaign in 1799 during the War of the Second Coalition. I don't know enough about wars. My gosh, hold on. Uh, British and Russian troops invaded the North Holland Peninsula in the Batavian Republic to neutralise the Batavian fleet and to promote an uprising by followers of the former Stadtholder William V against the Batavian government. All right, that's enough reading about the Anglo-Russian invasion of Holland. It was part of the War of the Second Coalition, which was the second war on revolutionary France by most of the European monarchies. So... This is right. Okay. People who uh, express anti-Irish sentiment, is no, it's known as hibernophobia. Huh. Did they get that wrong? Yeah, isn't Hibernia West? I thought that was Scotland. Oh, maybe it's not. Hibernia. Classic no, Latin Ireland? name for Ireland. What's yeah. Scotland then? Um, Scotland Latin name. Caledonia. Ah. Like New Caledonia. Oh, boy. I thought they were both Scotland. Well, we've done it. Okay, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, yeah, it's hard to find... Oh, pre-modern negative English attitudes towards Gaelic Irish in their culture date back as far as the reign of Henry II of England. Yeah. Yay. Well, Danny, enough about hating the Irish. I know how much you love to hate the Irish. Let's talk about number 991. I must know why. Why they hate the Irish? No reason. They're just there. Well, there are lots of... I, I want to find out why, like, about military Irish hatred. Well... what that could have to do with it. Well, there was a big thing. The Irish fought in a lot. They were drafted into a lot well, of wars. Yeah, it feels like the only thing I can theoretically find is the same thing that just caused the concept of a fighting Irish, mm. which is, yeah, just that they were considered uh, kind of savage, which seems to be because they stayed Catholic and the <laughs> English didn't like that. So I guess now you're violent. Well, look, enough about talking about the Irish. I've got a new, I've got a new, puzzle, I've got a new question for you. Mm-hmm. Not a new question, a new joke. Oh, please. It's a long one, but not as long as 990. Oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. Can we please go back and do 990 We must, this? because I hope it's one of those ones that just, I, I hope it's like the sauerkraut. Okay, well, this one's already, <laughs> Albuquerque. this one's already long. All right. So I'm going to read this one, but the, the one before is so yep. long. So here's, 19, here's 991. This yep. is what we were given Let's by the random it. number generator. Mr. Pope being one night crossing the street from Button's Coffee House, when the moon occasionally peeped through a cloud, was accosted by a link boy with, Light, Your Honour! Light, Your Honour! He repeatedly exclaimed. The grammar of these is nonsense. Oh, it's absolutely nonsense. What is the tense of this sentence? Let me start this again. Mr. Pope, comma, no, no, no comma. No. Mr. Pope being one night crossing the street from Button's Coffee House. Yeah, that being is such an old school thing that doesn't exist anymore. When the moon occasionally peeped through, the, through a cloud, was accosted by a link boy with light, your honour, light, your honour, he repeatedly no, I don't exclaimed. think that he repeatedly exclaimed is part of it. I think that he repeatedly exclaimed is the next thing that gets said. Oh, with light, your honour, light, your honour. He repeatedly exclaimed, I do not want you. But the lad still following him, he peevishly cried out, Get about your business, gods mend me. I will not give you a farthing. It's light enough. It's light enough, echoed the lad. What's light enough, your head or your pocket? God mend you indeed. It would be easier to make two men than mend one such as you. What is happening? Who is talking? Let's figure this out. I understand out. who's talking. I just don't really... 
and so, find it funny. Okay, so first of all, a kid is trying to get him some light. Mm-hmm. This is just two people insulting each other at the sure. end. That's the joke, that there's an insult, I guess. But he goes, so first of all, what the hell is a link boy? Good question. What is a link boy? Uh, give me link boy meaning. A link boy was a boy who carried a flaming torch to light the way for pedestrians at night. So he would literally... So just, he was expecting a tip? Yeah. So he is the equivalent of someone who comes up and like, just starts like... Washing your windscreen. Yeah, washing your windscreen and be like, now... Sure. Paper. So he's like, here you go, light. I've got light for you. Look mm-hmm. at me. I'm a little link boy. Here's my torch. And then what this... a good job to just have a torch <laughs> and what, and just be like, I will, I'll walk around near you because it's dark. Can't do that anymore, can you? No, it's true. Women would have loved that. And um, then he repeatedly, Mr. Pope in this case, was like, I, I do want not you. want you. I don't need your light. But the and boy kept following boy kept him. Following and, him. He says, and he says, like, get, get about your here. business. God man me. I will not give you a farthing. It's, it's light, light enough. enough. Now the boy says, it's light enough. What's light enough? Your head or your pocket? Saying, it's not light enough. Either you don't have money or, an, or you're an idiot. Right? Yeah. And he says. No, wait. No, this is still the boy. Oh, and the boy then says, God mend you indeed, quoting him. Yeah. It would be easier to make two men than mend one such as you. Which I guess is just, you're so bad, you may as well just... This just seems like street it. harassment. It's just, it's just I a feel man being harassed by a boy on the street. <laughs> yeah, Who's laughing at this I don't joke? like this at all. This makes me feel very socially anxious. Come on, boy, it's light enough. You can't just be like, light, your honour, light, your honour. Get your torch out of here, boy. God. Are we take God's the long mend one? me. I'm going to take the long one. All right. my, my worry about the next one is, uh, what, what are these numbers on the right? Oh, that's unrelated. Oh, good. Because just... I don't know what they are. All right. Well, let's find okay, out. Okay, everyone. Are you ready for the gigantic? Very long. Possibly racist against the Italian joke. 990. Okay. Danny, are you ready to go? Let's find out. The Marquis de las Galas, an Italian nobleman, Having invited the neighbouring gentry to a grand entertainment where all the delicacies of the season were provided, some of the company arrived very early for the purpose of paying their respects to his excellency. Soon after which, the major domo, entering the dining room in a great hurry, told the marquise that there was a fisherman below who had brought one of the finest fish in all Italy, for which, however, he demanded a most extravagant price. Regard not his price, cried the marquis. Marquis. It would be Marquis in this case, right? Probably, Marquis. Yeah. Probably Marquis. Marquis. Probably Marquis. Yeah, it's in, they're in English, English. In the 1800s, Marquis. Regard not his price, cried the Marquis. Pay him the money directly. Okay, so regard not his price means don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, like ignore the money, just buy the fish. Right. So I would please your highness, but he refuses to take any money. Well, what then would the fellow have? A hundred strokes of the strapado on his bare shoulders, my lord. He says he will not bait a single blow. Okay, so he, wait, sorry, is the situation here, he's like, I have the greatest fish in Italy, but you must strike me. You must flog me. me. You must flog me to get my fish. Flog me for a fish, Lord. Flog me for a fish. On this, the whole company ran downstairs to see so singular a man. Yeah, they're like, who's this flog happy weirdo? A fine fish, cried the Marcus. What is your demand, my friend? Not a quattrini, my lord, answered the fisherman. I believe money. That sounds like money. I will not take money. If your lordship wishes to have the fish, you must order me a hundred lashes of the strapado on my naked back. Otherwise, I shall apply elsewhere. Rather than lose the fish, said the Marquis, we must even let this fellow fellow have his humour. Here, cried he to one of his grooms, discharge this honest man's demands, but don't lay on too hard. Don't hurt the poor devil very much. The fisherman then stripped and the groom prepared to execute his lordship's orders. Now, my friend, said the fisherman, Keep an exact account, I beseech you, for I don't desire a single stroke more than my due. The whole company were astonished at at the amazing fortitude with which the man submitted to the operation, till he had received the fiftieth lash, when, addressing himself to the servant, Hold, my friend, cried the fisherman, I have now had my full share of the price. Your share? exclaimed the Marquis. What is the meaning of all this? My lord, returned the fisherman, I have a partner to whom my honour is engaged that he shall have his full half of whatever I receive for the fish. Come on, man. And your lordship, I dare venture to say, will by and by own that it would be a thousand pities to defraud him of a single stroke. And pray, honest friend, said the Marcus, who is this partner? 
"'Your porter, my lord,' answered the fisherman, "'who keeps the outer gate of the palace "'and refused to admit me "'unless I would promise him "'half of what I should obtain for the fish.'" Oh, I love it! "'Ho-ho!" exclaimed the Marquis, laughing very heartily. "'By the blessing of heaven, "'he shall have double his demand in full.'" The porter was accordingly sent for, and being stripped of the skin, two grooms were directed to lay on all their might till he had fairly received what he was so well entitled to. The Marquis then ordered his steward to pay the fisherman twenty sequins, desiring him to call annually for the like sum as a recompense for the friendly service he had rendered him. I can't have my fun little stupid this story. This is a... It's the genie joke. It's whatever you get, your wife gets double. <laughs> And so he said, beat me half to death. You see, because his wife gets double, so she'll be beaten to death. Uh, all right. So, okay. Um, <laughs> that's a fun little bit. So bro- long. Just very, very long. But what a long setup joke of a weird guy. Well, that's fun. But it also kept going. Like, it didn't finish at the punchline. It no, just kept it just going kept to be a going. full story. Because he got to the punchline. Whoever was telling this joke, he got to the punchline and nobody laughed, so he just kept going. Why was the Marcus so happy to do this? Why, why does he dislike his porter? No, because his porter was clearly fleecing people. I guess. Like running a scam out of his front I, gate. I guess. That's, so that's fair enough. Half of everything the Marquis thought he was buying from door-to-door salesmen was going to his porter. Yeah. What role is the Majordomo? Majordomo is a butler. House He's the head person? of the house, yeah. Cool. Well, that was something. That was something. <laughs> it was a good bit of fun. It was very long. I think, you know what? I think it was worth the wait. The wait. I think it was the the no, length was earned. No, but okay. Eleven hundred and nine. Ooh, back to a nice short one. A saucy fellow named Jack, Ooh. abusing a gentleman oh. whose name was Fisher. The gentleman struck him, for which, being reproved and threatened with an action, he said, "Is it not lawful for a Fisher to strike a Jack?" <laughs> oh no! Oh no! What does it mean? What does that mean? <laughs> All right. Um, I think it's about the. I think I think it's about the game of jacks. I think it's I a think game thing. In the game sure. of jacks, there's a piece called a fisher, and it is legal in a game of jacks for the fisher to strike the jack. This is my thought. Uh, I am finding a Gossip Girl episode called "The Empire Strikes Jack." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna search. Uh, rules of jacks. This is because I'm guess I'm I'm guessing. I'm on a wiki how of how to play with jacks. I'm getting out of it. I'm going. I'm to... on Jimmy Jack fishing game. Knuckle bones. I'm going to the Encyclopedia Britannica entry entry yeah, for jacks rules strategies and history. Please. And I'm going to control F. Uh, how is Fisher spelled? Normally. There's no fish anywhere in this article. Hmm. Okay, 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 okay. Can a fisher strike a jack? I said a hack. I'd like to swap that to jack. We're going to find out, everybody. How do you catch fish with jack in Red Dead Redemption 2? A fisher of men mission with jack glitch. Jack Fisher, why are you a baseball player or whatever? Oh no! I'm oh. to people talking about Jack There's from so Fish, from Miss Fisher's murder mystery. So much Red Dead Redemption. Why do you go fishing with a man named Jack? Okay, okay. Um, Jack Fisher, you baseballer, Jack's you are not helping game me. Archaic rules. The rules of Five Stones and Jacks. Masters, traditional games. Give me control F. Give me fish. There is no fish. I see nothing. Is it not lawful for a fisher to strike a jack? Why can a fisher strike a jack? Okay, um. Fisher, archaic meaning. Let's go for it. Now there's a boxer called Jack Fisher, so I can't even look up hitting. This is so... Oh, no. I, I knew that we would have to look stuff up, but I didn't think we were going to have such a problem. Any animal who catches fish. Uh... There are some type of fish with Jack in their name, but I don't think that's... 
I don't know if they would have used it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You got wait, something? You got on, something? Hold on. Okay. Just, um, I'm going to try something. To strike a jack. Oh, please. Flag. I've noticed that one person, uh-huh. though it's probably a bit late, the first Baron Fisher of Cliverston was a naval guy. And he introduced the dreadnought, but he's too late. I wonder if, like, because striking a jack could have been like putting up a Union Jack, because the Union Jack is what you fly at sea, but a Union flag is what you fly on land. And I thought maybe striking a jack was something that that Baron Fisher did, but he was he wasn't the first Sea Lord till mm-hmm. 1904. He's too late. Oh man, this one's gonna get us. This one's gonna get us. This is gonna get us. I mean, how much did they refer to just fish in general as jacks? Because there are certain types of fish that have jack in their name. Ooh, fish, jack, creval jack. Not what I was talking about. Isn't that one that's called like a skipjack or something? Oh, it could be. Is a skipjack a fish? Skipjack tuna. It's the most abundant of the major commercial tuna species. So maybe he was just being a fisherman and they called the all fish jack. Do <laughs> fishermen strike their fish? <laughs> Have you fishermen ever had a second fish strike at a fish you were reeling in? No. How to strike. How to strike. It's a fishing thing. Yeah. How to strike. Swinging the rod to set the hook, often termed striking, is meant to ensure a secured hook hold. But overzealous striking often so okay. He is a normal fisher, but a jack is a fish, and a fisher can strike a jack. Because striking is a fishing term. Right. We've done it. Oh, we've done it, everybody. I know how a fisher strikes a jack. That was really difficult to Google. And it's so, as the joke, it is so specifically set up. Like, like... Be like, oh, uh, um, a man named John Baller was at a dunk tank and he <laughs> threw it. And the person whose name was uh, also Ball, <laughs> his name was Ball in this case, he got dunked and he said, why did you dunk me? And he said, is it not legal for a baller to dunk a ball? <sighs> Terrible. Let's find another one. Okay, let's find another one. <laughs> We don't get through many of these. <laughs> Sorry about baller dunking a ball. 1082. Also short. Back to the law. Back to the law. In a lawsuit respecting boundaries, the counsel on both sides explained their claims on a plan. My lord, said one, we lie on this side. And the other said, my lord, we lie on this side. <laughs> I like this one. Nay, said the judge, if you lie on both sides... I can believe neither of you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I love it. Isn't a lie here? Funny. Isn't a lie here? And he says, oh, well, don't lie. I, I can't trust you anymore. Now, my uh, question is just about how I should have pronounced that. My lord said one, we lie on this side. And the other said, my lord, we lie on this side. Or is it, my lord, we lie on this side? I think it's, we lie on this side. But then it doesn't sound like they're arguing. Oh, that's an issue. Yeah, oh, I'm just curious. Maybe it is we lie on this side or we lie on this side. They're arguing they both lie yeah. on the same side. Yeah, maybe it's just that. We we lie on this side. We also lie on this side. And so, oh, well, if you both lie, if you lie on both oh, sides. Oh, yeah, the joke itself is fine. There's but nothing... because he says you lie on both sides, I mm, think it must good be point, they good both point. say they lie on this side. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's okay. It's, it's not very right. interesting. It's about lying and lying. It's another fun little pun. Um. But the next one's going to be great. Are you ready for the next one? It's going to be a classic Fisher strike at 7.07. Here we are. <clears throat> at Worcester Assizes, mm. at Wo- these are the Assizes of Worcester. What? Can you please look up what an Assize oh, is? Oh, yeah. At Worcester Assizes, a cause was tried about the soundness of a horse in which a clergyman, not educated in the school of Tattersall, appeared as a witness. Why would I want to... Why is it specific to know where he wasn't educated? Okay. What is the school of Tattersall? We'll come back to it. I haven't uh, found out a good pronunciation for it, but it's a courthouse. Okay. They assize everyone's claims. Sure. Now can you... You're going to start looking up the school of Tattersall, but we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Uh, In which a clergyman, not educated in the school of Tattersall, appeared as a witness. 
He was confused in giving his evidence, and a furious, blustering counsellor who examined him was at last tempted to exclaim, Pray, sir, do you know the difference between a horse and a cow? I acknowledge my ignorance, replied the clergyman. I hardly know the difference between a horse and a cow, or a bully and a bull. Only that a bull, I am told, has horns, and a bully, bowing respectfully to the counsellor, luckily for me, has none. That's not even a joke. That's just like something that a screenwriter is really proud of themselves for coming up with. That's like something out of Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> it's also very strange. Why was he not educated in the school? Okay, of I guess. Does that just mean he didn't know anything about horses? Is it actually real or is it a euphemism for he's not very bright? The school of Tattersalls. That's a sailing club. Okay. This is nothing. Let's go the school of Tattersalls phrase. It's a large horse market in London. Oh, okay. I think it means he doesn't know okay, anything about horses. Okay, it means he doesn't know anything about horses. That's not that exciting. So he's not educated in the school of Tattersall. Yep. Appeared as a witness. So Founded in the 18th century, so it hasn't been going for that long. Okay. And oh, it's also like the lottery. That's what Tat's lotto comes from, oh, apparently. that's funny. Uh, and he says, do you know the difference between a horse and a cow? And he says, no, I don't know the difference between a horse and a cow. Or a bully and a bull. He said, a bull has horns and you don't, idiot. I don't... Okay. Like, don't you reckon? That just feels like a writer was proud of themselves. Yeah, I think for so. For coming up with a witty character. Well... He wasn't educated at the school of the Tattersall. That's all I'm saying. Danny, would you like to read 1061? Let's find out. The son of a fond father, when going to war, promised to bring home the head of one of the enemy. His parent replied, I should be glad to see you come home without a head, provided you come safe. Oh, um, that's not a joke. That's just, please don't die in war, son. Is there a joke here? Is it that coming home without a head would be dead because he's got no head? But no, I don't. <sighs> hmm. I don't know if that's a joke. Where's the son of a fond father when going to war promised to bring home the Do head you, of one of the enemy? Is it at all possible that just to say I'll bring home the head of one of the enemy is just a generic thing that you would say before going to war? <laughs> that's pretty wild. But is it at all possible? That he just said that. And so the parents are doing the classic joke thing of taking it more literally than expected. I don't think so. I think he said he wanted to come home with the head of an enemy. I don't know how many 17, 1800 soldiers would do that. But this doesn't seem like a joke. No. I bring home the head of the enemy. I should be glad to see you come home without a head, provided you come safe. I think it just seems like a I'm pretty desire. sure his father is just telling him not to die, please. Yeah, but there's got to be a joke. It's in a joke book. <laughs> Maybe that's really funny back then. I think I'm throwing... Yeah, who doesn't want their kid to die? Oh, what an idiot. I I'm sorry, I'm throwing that to the audience. Please tell me where the joke is exactly in this. Was being a father who liked your son really funny back then? No, I feel there's got to be a pun about, like, coming home. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... Is it the joke that he was like... Usually if someone comes home without a head, it's because they're dead. But he's like, come home without a head, provided you come home safely. And it's... That wouldn't be very good. I don't get it. Maybe it's about the delivery. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody tell me. Somebody figure it out. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Let me reread this. Let me reread yeah, okay. this. The son of a fond father, when going to war, promised to bring home the head of one of the enemy. His parent replied, I should be glad to see you come home without a head. Provided you come home safe. Yeah, maybe that's it. That's the delivery. It seems like it's... <laughs> he seems like a gruff father and then he's not. But he's now... already been described as a fond father. I know. So it's not a good bit. I know. That can't be it. No. I don't know. I feel like I can picture that being a cyanide and happiness. I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. The right. tone of this one is beyond me. The tone of this one is beyond me. I don't know how long this episode is, by the way. I think it looks like it's about time to start wrapping up. One, one more each. We'll do one more each. All right. We'll do one more. Let's each. try to find a good satisfying. I'm going to do 542, on. and you can do one. Okay. Uh, 500. Maybe to finish, we should go back to the ancient Greek uh, joke book. Oh, maybe. Uh -huh. A fire happening at a public house. 
One of the, I'm assuming a public house in this case, maybe an inn, like a pub. Sounds like it. A fire happening at a public house. One of the crowd was requesting the engineer to play against the wainscot. <laughs> but being told it was in no danger, I'm sorry for that, said he, because I have a long score upon it, which I shall never be able to pay. Um... Okay. Lots of terms, but I think I get it, maybe. Okay. Okay, what does play against mean? And, and what is a Wayne Let's Scott? find out what a Wayne Scott is. Yep. Wayne Scott. Oh, Wayne Scotting. Get out of here. Wayne Scott. <laughs> the area of wooden panelling or the lower part of the walls of a room. Okay. Okay. So it's a piece of wall. Pressing engineer to play against the wainscot. And he has a long score upon it, which I should never be able to play. Uh, wainscot. I'm going to say score on a wainscot. Do people used to write your tab up on a wainscot? Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, old English pub wainscot. Oh, I'm not typing, apparently. Old English Pub, Wainscot, score. Ooh, Wainscot score. Hmm. I don't it know why I thought I filled that. That was very was not weird. helpful. Okay. Okay. Huh. Huh. I and mean, it sounds like his his a long score upon it. It sounds like they they just put they put people's tab up on the the Harwood District scores. What is this? Nope, scores an exciting new British pub. Get out of no. here. Okay. And why would the engineer play against something? I don't know. To play against archaic. All right, get out of here. Hold on. To play against phrase. Well, I probably don't want to compete against something. Hmm. To cause someone to dispute with someone else? No. Not to play off against. All right, this is this is not doing well, Danny. Let's get out of here. Let's go to your last one. All right, so somehow there is a wall that has this man's dues written on yeah, it. Yeah, and he seemed to be like, why don't you destroy that during the fire part? And he went, but it's not in danger. And he went, damn. Why would the engineer destroy anything? Yeah, to play again. I'm just... He's like, oh, quickly. I don't know, save the... It's very confusing. I have no idea. That one's odd. All right, one more normal one, and then I'll go to an ancient Greek. Okay, one more normal one. You can read it. It is number 332. Oh, sorry. Here we are. One seeing a scholar that looked very much a squint. Sure, said he, this man must be more learned than his fellows, for with one cast of his eyes he can read both sides of the book at once. So, does that mean he was anti-cross-eyed? Yeah, I think he must have had a lazy eye, so his eyes went in different directions. And he's saying, look, he can read both sides of the book at once. He can open up a book and read both sides at once. Because his eyes are so a squint. Gotcha. I think he's making fun of someone with a disability. Yep. <laughs> nice one, Joe. Good one, Joe Miller. Okay. Yeah, easy to get. You're a freak. Let's go to the ancient Greeks. Let's see if they were a bit nicer. I've got, remember, I've oh, got a got few it? here. Okay, go for them. Go okay. For some, so now preface this for people who don't who aren't caught up. What joke book is this? Uh, this is the uh, Philogelos collection. Philogelos. From like 500 AD or something. It's not that old, but it's pretty bloody old. I think it's the oldest joke book we have. Do a quick check. Um, yeah, from around around 248 AD. Okay, 248 AD. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Cool. Let's take a look. Uh, for some reason, they're not giving them to me in order, which is curious. Weird. But... Give me some phylogelosis. Okay, um, 
Let's just take a look at the first one on the page. Oh boy, that's not funny. <laughs> and yet, it is a thing that has certainly lasted. Give it to me. Give me the bad joke. An idiot is returning home from a foreign trip and is absolutely amazed to find himself climbing a steep hill. When I first came this way, he says to himself, it was a nice downhill stroll. How can it have transformed into such a steep climb on my way back? Okay. Oh, what a dumbo. But I like that. I like, I don't mind it as a joke. Playing on the old, oh, things are different back here, you know. When I left, this used to be a downhill slope, and now it's an uphill slope. I think it's funny. I like it. <laughs> oh, man. One they've got, more. They've got the Greek here, but it's ancient Greek. I can't read it. Don't try and read the Greek. Alrighty. Uh, this one is number 265. So the last one in here. Apparently it's a minor variation on 136. So the translation has only been given once. Oh no, this is an example of an ancient ethnic joke because one of the characters is a student from Sidon in Phoenicia. Well, let's find out what they thought about those bloody Phoenicians. Sidonian student. How much does a five cup jug hold? Teacher. Is it wine or oil? What? <laughs> Wait, that's it? Wait, that's it? What's in the joke? Oh. It holds five cups? Is that the joke I that obviously holds five cups? I don't know. Maybe. You've got to do one more. We have to find one that makes sense. One more that makes sense, please. An ancient Greek joke that's funny. Give me an ancient oh. Greek joke that's funny. An idiot has a dream that he has trodden on a nail, so he wakes up and bandages his foot. His friend asks what he's doing, so the idiot explains about his dream. Then the idiot points out that his friend also slept barefoot. He comments, we're such morons, I can't believe you've been sleeping barefoot. <laughs> I think, I don't, I'm giving up hope. I'm giving up hope for ancient Greece, everybody. No wonder that empire fell. <laughs> Who needs it? Thank you, everybody. Okay, no, 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 wait, oh. there's one more. It's a doctor joke. We've got, it's Give me a doctor, doctor. An obstinate one-eyed doctor <laughs> asks a patient how he's doing. I'm as you see me, the patient says. Oh, replied the doctor. In that case, I'm sorry to say one half of you has died. <laughs> Bye, everybody. The Greeks have done it again. Wow. May the empire live for a thousand years.